Hello, Cairo casters. This is Dr. Drew Rubin. I'm excited to bring you today's podcast sponsored by Now You Know Chirite and Preferred Chiropractic Doctor. Um, and today's podcast is going to be a fun sort of take on the word movement. Uh, there's a lot of different meanings to the word movement, and I wanted to sort of illustrate that to you guys in a very chiropractic kind of way. And now, here's the podcast. This was my dream. I dreamed that I awoke. This is the most wonderful part of the dream, for in my dream I realized I had been asleep, a long, long sleep from the very beginning of things, and I saw myself there in the pool room asleep, and then I saw myself start, my eyes opened, and I dreamed that I saw. What awakened me, I asked in my dream. You awaken yourself, answered a voice nearby. I turned around, but no one was around, no one was near. Who are you, I asked. I am that something, came the reply, but where are you? I am hidden in your soul. For some moments, I thought over what was said, and then I stammered, how, how did you get there? I was born there. Why have I not known you were there before? No man knows it, answered the voice, until he awakes. Are you in other men's souls as well? Yes, there is that something in every man's soul which can move the mountains or dry the seas. Then you must be faith. Yes, came the answer, I am faith, but I am more. I am that which makes the makes men face the fires of hell and win. Then you must be confidence as well. Yes, I am more than confidence. I am that which makes the babbling brooks lift worlds upon their wavelets. You are power, I cried. Yes, I am more than power, answered the voice. I am that which makes the wretched fellow lift himself up and rule the world. You are ambition, I know you now. Yes, I am all that you say, faith, confidence, and power, ambition, and more. For greater than all of this is that something. I am that which every man must find in his soul, or else he will be but a clutter of the earth on which he lives. But how can man find you, even as you are finding me now? First you must awaken, then seek, and when you have found, you must learn to control. Control what, I ask, confused? That something, bar borrow it from your soul and baptize your life with it. Anoint your eyes that you may see, anoint your ears that you may hear, anoint your heart that you may be. But tell me, I cried frantically, for the voice was trailing off to almost nothing. How can I do this? How, how? This is the secret came to the voice to me as the whisper of a gentle breeze. These words, I will. The question really is, what will you do? Excuse me, what will you do with the gifts that have been bestowed upon you? How many people here in this room will fulfill the practice of their dreams, will create the practice of their dreams? Who is it up to? Is it up to your mom and your dad? Is it up to the bank giving you a loan? Is it up to your neighbors and your friends and the coworkers? You know, a lot of people, I have a lot, had a lot of uh, people ask me over the years, you know, I'm gonna go back to my hometown. And when I go back to my hometown, they're just gonna flood me with patience because <clears throat> you know, they've just been waiting for me. And I'm telling you that may work, but I will tell you it may not work because I've had seen some students who go back to their hometowns and the people in the hometown remember you as that like drunken young upstart who was just mouthed off to them and they don't think of you as like Dr. So-and-so. So don't just make an assumption because you're going to land in a place where you lived before that this is great. Don't make the assumption that just because your dad or mom's a chiropractor and going to hand you your practice that everything's going to be peachy keen, right? I had one of my classmates <coughs> was, his dad had a really big practice in Long Island, New York. And I was very jealous of him because he was going to graduate, pay his dad a dollar, and walk into this practice. And he, went, he graduated, paid his dad a dollar. He's now flying airplanes. 
he drove that practice into the ground. Right? This, this practicing hundreds of people a week, he drove it into the ground because he didn't understand the gift he was given. He took it for granted. Right? And that's what I think this is talking about, is when it says, I will, what will you do? Not what could you do, not what should you do, not what might you do, what will you do? <clears throat> what are you going to do? Right? Have you mapped out the rest of your life? Have you designed your life? Have you written down goals? Because if you have written down goals, how are you going to get there? Right? It's just like saying, okay, let's all go to Disney. I'm going to take this whole group to Disney. All right. Well, we need to know three things to get to Disney. Number one, we need to know where we are. Number two, we need to know where we want to go. And number three, we need a map to get there. If you don't have all those three pieces, how are you going to know when you got to Disney? I'll just drive south. All right. Well, you might hit Disney if you drive south, but you might hit Tampa, right? You might hit Tallahassee. You might hit Jacksonville. <clears throat> you might hit Valdosta. But you, will you hit Disney? Unless you plan strategically to hit Disney, it ain't a straight shot. It ain't a straight shot. Let me tell you something. Life ain't no straight shots. Right? I've been doing this thing for 30 years now. There ain't no straight shot. It moves. It's like a moving target. <clears throat> you better be prepared to catch that moving target. And I thought about that word move. <clears throat> and move means a lot of things, right? So move, one of the things that moves mean to, to move is actually to move, like I'm doing right now. <clears throat> right? I just walk from one side of the, this room to another. That's moving, right? And eventually, you guys, when you guys graduate, you're all going to have to move, right? Unless you stay put in Atlanta, you're all going to have to move to someplace, right? Wherever you're going to end up, whether it's this country, another country, this state, or another state, you're all going to have to physically get up, put your stuff in a truck, go somewhere else and move. And then when you find an office, you're going to have to move into the office. And that's one kind of moving, right? There's a, there's a physical, I'm actually going to physically move my location. Right? That's one kind of moving. Another kind of moving is exercise. Right? Let me tell you something. Chiropractors don't exercise. What happens to them? They get hurt. They get hurt. Did you know that chiropractors are, <clears throat> have some of the number one most disabilities of any sort of doctor? Right? That's why it's very hard to get disability insurance for a chiropractor. Not many companies offer it because we get hurt all the time. You know why? Because we become what they call fat cats, right? <clears throat> we go into practice, we start doing successful stuff, <clears throat> we start making money, and then we say, I don't need to exercise. I'm going to start drinking some more. I'm going to start smoking that cigar I always wanted to smoke, right? And we become fat cats, and then we start hurting ourselves, right? So when you guys are young, you're all nice young 20-year-old, 30-year-old people, and you're, you can be invincible, right? I can bounce back from anything. Let me tell you something. Your body doesn't like that after a while, right? So you have to move. That's another move, right? You need to exercise, physically exercise. This whole 10,000 steps a day, that's baloney. That's nothing, right? right? That's, that, uh, the reason they came up with 10,000 steps a day is because our society is so damn sedentary that people are going to work and coming home and they have barely had a couple thousand steps. They're just they're trying to step it up, right? Just try, right? You should be aiming for 15,000, 20,000 steps a day, Right? Our bodies, if you read the research, our bodies are designed for how many steps or how many miles a day? How our bodies are designed to do how many miles a day? 10 to 12 miles a day is what we're supposed to be doing. That's what our bodies are designed for. We're not designed to sit on your rear ends. Right? And if you're going to sit on your rear end, what should you do all day long? Get up and move. 
right? You got to tell that to your patients. You know, I patient, a new patient yesterday, and this guy's a very built guy. He's very strong and muscular because he works out, but he's like this. He's so round-shouldered, and he's only like 28 or so. And I said, do, what do you do during the day? And he said, well, I'm a computer you know, programmer. And I said, but you exercise at night? He said, yeah, every night I try to you know, work out and stuff. I said, but you know, that hour workout that you're doing is not going to undo the eight hours of you sitting like this all day long. You've got you to set an alarm every hour to get up and just open your body up. We're going to give you some exercises to help you know, reframe your body because you've got super muscle tone, but you're all bent over. If you're at 28, where are you going? Right? That's what I love telling people. I say, you're 28 and you're like this, where you're headed? Where's gravity going to take you? All right, here's 28, here's 38, here's 48, here's 58. You've been 58 years old like this saying, what happened to me? Right? So take care of it now. So you've got to tell your patients, take care of it now. That's why I'm so glad you're here at 28 years old because not only are we going to help you now, we're going to help you 50 years from now. Right? We're going to change everything. You're going to have a whole different life. You're going to be standing upright. And I always ask, do you have any people in your history who look like that? Well, yeah, as a matter of fact, my grandma, my grandpa, whatever. Da, da. Yeah, well, do you want that? If you don't want that, then you better do something different, right? So you have to understand, you have to make sure you understand that. So that's another kind of move. And there's a third kind of move. And that's being moved emotionally, right? That's a move too, right? When someone ever said, you ever hear the certain term? Yeah, that moved me, right? What that person said to me, that moved me. What that person did, that really moved me, right? That's a beautiful thing, but that's also a movement. So you see what this is talking about. When he says like all these things, I am all those things you say, faith, confidence, power, ambition, and more. You know what they all involve? Right? What's that something, that adjustment, the extra something? It's, it's there's a movement, but it's not just a physical movement. You're, the adjustment isn't just a pop. Do you guys get that? Right? A massage therapist can pop you. A physical therapist can pop you. Some of your football coaches and wrestling coaches I've heard from patients are popping their, you know, but that's a pop or a crack or a snap or any, that's not what you do. Anybody can do that, right? What we do is something much more powerful than just a pop or a snap or a crack, right? What you do is not just this, right? Anybody can just do this or this or this, who cares, right? It's what's behind that that really counts. That's what we talk about when we say move the bone, right? What did Gonstead say, right? Move the bone, right? Just move the bone. But did he just mean just move the bone? No. He, there's, three, there's three things that happen. That, sure, move the bone. Okay, get it from point A to point B. Number one. Number two, you're moving it, right? You're going to, you are adjusting that person and you're going to move the bone. All right, that's number two. But what he was talking about is the, is the connection that you have with that patient. Right? When you have a special connection with those patients, whether they're the littlest kids who come running in and giving you the biggest hugs and kisses and drawing you pictures and stuff, or it's the mom who, like I talked about last week, who comes in after the breech baby turn and says, Dr. Rubin, thank you. That's movement, right? That's creating motion, right? And Tony Robbins is one of my favorite speakers. He talks about motion creates emotion. Motion creates emotion. You sit on your rear end all day long. You don't do anything that don't expect anything. Right? But movement. Movement means something. So when you move, you've got to take into account three things. Number one, you are moving. Number two, are you exercising to prepare your body for movement? Number three is are you making an emotional impact with your patients? 
because that's the movement that really counts, right? So even though I am, a, I am a really great adjuster, I can move bones, whether I use an activator, whether I use my hands, or whether I do network, whatever particular practice technique I'm using, doesn't matter. I am moving those bones, and people are healing up, but that's not the most important movement I do. The most important movement I make is the movement of connection with that person, right? So people know that I love them, kids know that I care about them, moms and dads are always stunned that I'm able to, to get a kid that they'll say, he will never, just like yesterday morning, first adjustment with this little boy, he will never sit still. I put my hands on this kid and he sat like this. He was just looking in my eyes because he, I was with him, right? I'm looking in his eyes and he's looking in my eyes and he's like three years old and on the spectrum and I'm looking at him and he's looking at me and she's like, I can't believe he's just looking at you. He's staring at you. Yes, because I am moving him. Right? There is something different about that and it's not something special that I do. This is something that you can do, but you've got to train yourselves to do it. What will you do? Are you just going to get your bare minimums here at life? Just adjust, I'll just adjust my, I'm going to get like 251 just to make sure I'm done, right? That's what some of you guys say, right? Some of you guys go into peak and say, I just want to work my 15 hours and I'm just probably going to work like 10 hours and loaf the other five, right? Well then, don't expect much when you graduate, right? You best work hard in clinic. See as many people as you can. Get, if you're only adjusting people when you're, when you're actually, if you're only working on people and touching people when you're adjusting them, you are way behind. If you're not going to club every single week, you are way behind. If you're not palpating spines with your fingertips and eyes closed every day, you are way behind. Right? If you are not, just, if you're not studying every single day something besides the stuff that you're required to study, then all you're doing is meeting minimum daily requirements. Ho-hum. No success in minimums. Right? I want, to see, I want to see greatness with you. What will you do? Most of you will not do much. And that's okay. No judgment. Wherever you do is cool. Right? But I know what's possible. Right? And when I was in this class, Dr. Webster, Larry Webster, the founder of the ICPA, because <clears throat> I taught this class, he taught this class that I'm now teaching you, right? Which is totally crazy um, to think I'm in his footsteps. Um, but he used to say, what are you going to do, right? We got to reach the kids. You're going to reach them or not? It's up to you, right? What will you do? 